Kevin Cullen of the Boston Globe is on the line. Kevin, your book on Whitey Bulger, it's Whitey Bulger, America's Most Wanted Gangster, and the manhunt that brought him to justice was launched this week. There is an enduring fascination in your part of the world uh, with this man, isn't there? You know, I would argue there's an enduring fascination in your part of the world with this man. I get many calls about Whitey Bulger. Uh, yeah, I, I think he is unusual in the sense, more than anything, the corruption within the FBI that protected him for all those years, Jonathan. He was a gangster that actually killed not only with the um, complicity of the FBI, they protected him and kept him out of harm's way as other law enforcement agencies tried to kill him. And, of course, his brother was one of the most powerful politicians in Massachusetts. So there's sort of a Jimmy Cagney, Pat O'Brien uh, old film touch about this. It was Angels with Dirty Faces updated. The trial is coming up. He has said he wants it to be a big show. What's this claim of immunity that he's going to bring? Well, that's his basically his only shot, and it's kind of contradictory because he he is as we put it in the, we have in the book uh, access to letters that he's been writing since his arrest in June of 2011. He's claiming that he was never an FBI informant, that this was all a scam, that the FBI used him, that he was paying for information from them but that he never gave them any information, which begs the question, well, if you didn't give them any information, why would they give you immunity? But I, the other thing is the idea that the, the government of the United States could give a, a, a killer immunity to go out and engage in murder and racketeering is preposterous. I think Whitey has watched way too many Jason Bourne movies. He wants to settle scores with this trial. Now, that in years gone by, and when he wasn't in custody, that would be enough to frighten people, I suspect. But what scores does he want to settle now? I think it's mainly with people um, within the FBI uh, who he believes used him. And he wants to put that on. I, I, there's two things more than anything he wants to say. He wants to say that he was not an informer, because I don't have to explain to your audience that there is nothing worse in the Irish consciousness than being accused or being seen as an informer. And he also wants to refute the charges. He's charged with 19 murders in this upcoming trial. Two of them are of women who had nothing to do with crime. He strangled them and uh, buried their bodies secretly, and they, those bodies were remained in those graves for anywhere from you know, 15 to 20 years. And he wants to refute that because he has this narrative that he created of this benevolent gangster that you know there's going to be a criminal but if you're going to have a criminal you have to have somebody like whitey he's a guy he's a guy with scruples and criminals with scruples are not informers and criminals with scruples do not kill women so he's got to make a point of saying he didn't kill the two women we we have letters in which he says he cannot wait to get the trial because he wants to to to, to challenge that and to refute that idea that he killed women so he's offered, there is a, the charge is 19 murders. What is the potential sentence he could receive? <laughs> well, he's 83 years old, so a three-year sentence would be a life sentence for him. But, I mean, I think he's facing life in prison. Uh, you can't calculate. I think once we did calculate the years, Jonathan, and I think it was like 200-something years or so. But he's actually said in the letters that we got, he said he knows he will die in prison. All he wants is a shot at this trial to, to, to get up there. It's very unusual in, in America for anybody charged with murder to take the stand in their defense because you do, when you do so, you, you open yourself to a line of questioning that you would not get if you, would, if you invoke your Fifth Amendment right against testifying. 
So he, as he sees this, this is a show trial. He calls it the big show, the big circus, and he's going to go out with a bang. It's going to be, unfortunately, the, in, in the United States, where we're so great about open records and open information, in federal court, you cannot broadcast. So there'll be no images of this. There will be no recordings of this. So it's just going to be the written word recording Whitey's last stand, his, his denouement. We've discussed uh, in the past about how the system operates very differently on, on our respective sides of the pond. Mm-hmm. We have the sub say rule over here. You wouldn't have published this book in Ireland if there was an upcoming trial. How, does it have any impact uh, that, uh, that everything that's in this book is there with the trial coming up? You know, I think it... In, it I have a certain sympathy for Whitey Balzer on two fronts. I do not think he can get a fair trial. I think it would be impossible. If you found somebody that hasn't made up their mind or know a lot about Whitey Balzer in in this place, they would either be incredibly naive or incredibly stupid, and you don't want them on a jury. The second part that's facing him is this guy has been in detention now coming up on two years. He's locked up for 23 hours a day. He's let out of the cell five days a week for one hour. And when he's out of the cell, he's, he's, he's faced with an armed guard with a dog. So it, it, it's an incredible sort of, it, he, he's, you know, it's almost like his trial is a foregone conclusion. And, and that's unfortunate. But the reality is there's so much corruption involved in this case. And the thing that's always bothered me, Jonathan, with the obsession about Whitey Balzer, I always thought it's like anything. It's it's not the criminal here. It's sort of like the the abuse in the Catholic Church. It was the people that protect, protected the pedophiles. As it comes with Whitey Balzer, it's about the FBI and the U.S. Justice Department who protected him all those years, who allowed him to be a criminal, who ruined so many lives. I still think that's the story. It's about government misconduct. But I think there's and the reason we wrote this book is more or less a biography of him. Whitey's been a one-dimensional um, character for so many years, just an evil, venal guy. We wanted to put some, you know, flesh on those mythical bones, and I, you know, we tried our best. Okay, Kevin, look forward to reading that. Um, to the other side of the states, that Christopher Jordan Dorner, that this former police officer who took on effectively the entire police force in California. It ended in a hail of bullets and flames on Tuesday. This guy gave the police the runaround. How many people did he kill during this rampage? I think four when you add up the guy that was killed at the end, the the deputy who was engaged in the firefight with him. That You talk about films, Jonathan, that's like a bad Hollywood film. Uh, it has so much going, and, and there will be a film made about this. <laughs> Don't hold your breath. But I think, you know, it's, it's, it, it was incredible. It really did hold the, the imagination of the country for a long time because it's sort of like it, it, was, a, it was a domestic version of American foreign policy. We, we have a, a, a tendency to arm people who become our enemies in the United States. This guy was armed and trained by the U.S. government. He was a soldier. He was a police officer. And he was using all those skills to, to evade capture and kill people. And it was really scary. Um, I, I think there was a belief out there that about anybody that had a uniform on believed that they were endangered. And the other bizarre thing about it, and it shows just the, the divisions of race and class in L.A. that still exist, he became something of a folk hero in parts of the African-American community. So estranged that they are I, from, from people law People were supporting this guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it was not like just the small fringe. It, 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 I, you'd have to harken back to the days of O.J. Simpson. 
in which there were many African Americans who actually sympathized with O.J. Simpson, felt like he was being railroaded. It's a legacy of, of all the inequality in this country, and it's it's very disturbing when it surfaced itself because obviously after after having elected an African American uh, president two times, Americans love to congratulate themselves and suggest that we are a post-racial society, but that's nonsense. And I think the Dorner case, one of the lasting legacies of it, will be to point that out. We are not post-race. We we are we are living with the legacies of slavery to this day. Um, just to finish up, uh, my. Uh, emails are very boring. I don't know about yours. Um, but <laughs> George W. Bush's have been hacked. <laughs> Why someone would want to do that is beyond me. But they have found that he is, um, I won't say an accomplished painter, but that no. he has tried. Yes. And the, I don't know if you've seen the paintings. I have. Um, they're, 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 they show they're, him, you know, in yeah. the shower and then reposing in his bath. And it, what struck me is this is a guy who spent eight years repudiating the French. And now it turns out he's more French than them. He just wants to show images of himself half naked. Let's, let's bizarre, not let's not oversell it. It's it's they're not um, they're not very good. No, they're not. And it's funny because now that it, it, it people are engaging in Freudian analysis of it, and and people are suggesting when he lies in the in the bathtub, letting it. Who gets in the bathtub while it's still filling up? And this is this is a meditation on water. Who gets in a bathtub much, holding a pe- holding a pen and paper it. to draw themselves? That's a more pertinent question, isn't it? <laughs> I, you know, the funniest thing, John, when you think about it, this guy has disappeared. He was not at the Republican convention. He was not at the inauguration. Uh, presidents go to inaugurations. He did not. I don't know what he's doing down on the ranch in Texas, but apparently he's painting by numbers.